Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Kamalafe, and it is my mission to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Now, with living costs continuing to rise, Money Hub on a mission to engage and empower its customers to take control of their finances and improve their financial wellness. Money Hub provides a central space to see all your accounts and assets so you know exactly what's coming in and exactly what's going out. You can connect your current account credit cards, investments, pensions, savings, mortgages, and loans, all with ease, allowing you to have a clear view of all of your accounts within one platform. Once connected, Money Hub will help you learn to manage your money better with simple, actionable steps. You can analyze your spending, pay off your debt, see how your investments are performing, and also set yourself personal spending goals. If you're a homeowner, you can connect your property and see up-to-date property valuations. And if you rent, you can report your rent payments to Experian, giving your credit score a boost. Money Hub has been named in the FinTech Power 50 Trailblazer cohort and has the widest range of connections available in the UK. To get started, download the app today and take advantage of a free six-month trial with no automatic renewal, which means you get to choose whether you want to continue or not after trial. With Money Hub, small improvements lead to big achievements, whether it's paying off debt, boosting your savings, or monitoring your investment. Money Hub makes money management simple and convenient. You can download today on the Apple Store or Google Play. There is a link in the show notes. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this Monday morning. And uh, first and foremost, a little bit of housekeeping. Apologies for last week. Um, I hadn't been on a holiday all year so far. And last week was the time to take a little bit of time off. And in my haste to finish off a load of projects, things that I've been working on, the the podcast unfortunately fell into that category of things that I didn't quite get around to quick enough. So if you joined in last Monday or dialed in expecting to see an episode, hopefully you were able to listen to one of the previous episodes that we have here on the show. There are over 120 of them now. So hopefully you got some value from one of those episodes. But we're here now and I feel absolutely refreshed, um, empowered, you know, excited to, to get going. And it's amazing how taking a little bit of time off makes you feel different, gives you a different perspective. And really that's what happened to me. So before we get into today's, in today's topic, I really want to encourage you if you've not been to the Norwegian fjords, you should definitely go. The fjords are absolutely stunning, beautiful. And we had a seven-day cruise, sailed from Southampton out to uh, Norway, to the fjords. And I have to say, um, uh, is it Stavenberg? Uh, Stavanger that we went to, the first stop we went to, beautiful little town. We did a helicopter ride over Pupit Rock amazing really really cool but we then went to um a, a second location on the second day which for me absolutely blew my mind it's in a place called Alden and if you go on a cruise or you ever go to Norway you go to the fjords you have to go to Alden now they have a a sky lift and this thing takes you up in five minutes really really high I think it's like 700 feet or something like that and I wasn't expecting this, but the view from the top of the sky lift was incredible. Now, I actually documented a lot of the, the seven days that we were there. I've got some beautiful drone footage, which I'm going to be putting on YouTube. Uh, 
of uh, Stabinger, Olden, and a couple of other places that we went to. But guys, if you follow me on YouTube, wait for that video. It's going to be a supplemental video that I'm going to post in the next couple of weeks and just wait to see the views. Norway was absolutely amazing. I would 100% recommend it. It's been on my on my bucket list for the longest time. You should definitely go. Now that we're back, like I said, I feel refreshed. I feel energized. I want to talk a little bit about something that we knew was going to happen and has been one of those things that has naturally just turned out to be worse than expected. I'm talking about the energy price cap. So I think when we spoke about this in June, maybe even May, we thought that the energy cap was going to increase by about 70, maybe 75%. Then all of a sudden it became 78%. What it turned out to be this last week was 80%, which means on October the 1st, we're going to see an increase by 80% on our gas and our electric. And having conversations with people in London before I went away for a video that I did on YouTube that I posted last Tuesday or the Tuesday before last, asking people how they're coping, how they're dealing with the cost of living crisis. This is only going to exacerbate some of the fears that people shared with me on the streets of London. And I plan to go to different areas in, in the UK, Birmingham, Manchester, uh, Liverpool, maybe. If you have any suggestions of where you would like me to come to, please do let me know. Message me on Instagram. I'll put it on the list because I was astonished that first and foremost, everyone seems to be struggling. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is. I think those on lower incomes are suffering more, but I spoke to people who are in pretty decent paid jobs who are also struggling, who are finding it difficult, who are having to adjust. And there was one thing that really uh, ran true with everyone that we spoke to, not just that everyone's struggling, but everyone feels as though we're being left to just deal with this on our own with not much intervention and not much faith in our leadership, our government. That's the thing that really stuck out to me. And so in this episode, whilst I do want to talk about the energy price cap increasing to 80%, well, by 80%, come October the 1st, and we're all going to be getting letters and emails in the post from our various energy providers, electric providers, telling us how that's going to impact our monthly payments. I want to address something that I think is going to be pivotal in people coping whilst we have radio silence from the government at this point in time with regards to further interventions, and that is debt utilization. And this is a question. Are you considering using debt to cover the, the additional charges that you're going to incur with your gas and your electric and obviously your fuel cost as well. Because that's something that I'm finding to be a very popular option that people are going for. And whilst it is a very, very difficult decision to come to, to say, look, I'm going to take out a credit card or a personal loan, or I'm going to increase my overdraft to tie me over this period of time. I think there are some really key considerations. And I want to talk this through on this episode of the podcast, because I think it's really important to make sure again, that we're making informed decisions and we're, we're accounting for all of the pros and the cons. And that's what I'm going to attempt to do in this episode. 
So the question is, should you use debt to cover the additional cost of living with energy bills increasing and fuel prices increasing around us? I've spoken a lot about inflation over the past few months on this podcast and how the Bank of England and the government in general is just underestimating the impact of the energy price cap increases on the inflation number. And I want to reference inflation here because I think it's an important conversation to be had and it's part of the equation. The inflation number is a number, but when you really dig deep into the inflation conversation and why our inflation number is so high, forecast to end up being 13% by the end of this year, the cost of energy is the main driver behind that. And what we're seeing now with the energy price cap increasing by 80% is we're going to see typical households paying just under £4,000 a year for their gas and their electric. The price cap is going to be reviewed every three months, henceforth, which means that come January, it is rumored that it's going to be over 4400 And I've even read reports in other places saying that the energy price cap. So the max, the, the, the amount that the average household will be paying could top 6,000, maybe even 7,000 pounds by the end of 2023. So this question of should you utilize debt, credit cards, overdraft, personal loans to try and fill in the gap is an important one. So let's get to it. Should you use debt? There is no right or wrong answer here. And I wish I could say yes, and I could say no. In fact, I can say both. And I'm going to try and answer this question with a yes and a no, and provide context to a yes and a no. So should you use debt? Yes, you should. But within reason and within a particular circumstance. So look, when you talk about debt, and I talk about debt from a very, very personal place, I've had my own journey with debt. During my 20s and halfway through my 30s, I was in debt and it crippled me for 15 years. I suffered from a mental health point of view, depression, anxiety. I never, ever, ever wanted to look at my bank account. I never wanted to think about my finances. It was one of those darkest moments that I can recall when I think about money, I look back and I shiver. Debt is not something to be taken lightly. And so in answering this question, and I say yes, you have to look at it in the context of where you are right now. The biggest thing for me in my experience when I think about debt, and I'm lucky enough not to have any debt now apart from my mortgage, is that I didn't fully appreciate the main factors that go into deciding whether or not you should use debt or not. For me at the time, it was a means to an end and it was in a scenario of desperation. And I think this is really important and it's pertinent because there will be a lot of people who will be in this desperate place thinking about using debt. And for me, it was it was catastrophic. It was really, really bad. And it, it, it spun me into a spiral that I really struggled to get out of for 15 years. And so you should use debt, and it will be a yes in answering that question, assuming you can account for the following. 
The first is making sure that number one, you can afford it. And this is all about your income, your expenditure. This is all about looking at it in the context of if you have disposable income right now, and as I've already mentioned, with the forecast that the energy price cap could push energy prices up to six, maybe even seven thousand pounds, God forbid, by the end of 2023. In a forward planning position from now onwards, would you be able to afford your debt repayment if, worst case scenario, your bills ended up being 500, 550 pounds a month? Could you afford to still make that debt repayment? That's really the biggest question here. And coming to this determination, it's maybe not an easy one especially if you're trying to look at it pragmatically, especially if you're trying to do the right thing and you may be in a position where you're a little bit desperate right now. You know, whenever we speak about and, and, and think about money, oftentimes there are two parts of our brain that we're trying to battle with. We're trying to battle with the logical side and the emotional side. Money can be very emotive because with money, the emotion comes in the consequences of not being able to afford something or the consequences of how we feel when we can't meet financial obligations, when we can't pay our electrical, our electric bills or our energy bills, right? It's the emotive side of how we feel, the stress, the anxiety, the depression. And like I've already alluded, during my 15 years, I didn't even, I didn't know it at the time, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had a lot of anxiety around money. I would never look at my bank statement. God forbid, I didn't want to think about money. If money came in, I knew that so much money was going to debt. I was back in debt the day that I got paid. And so that breeds anxiety. And from a mental health point of view, from an overall health point of view, it's not a great place to be. And I think that should be the main consideration for us when answering this question. If it is a yes, we have to forward plan and we have to work with worst case scenarios. If the energy price cap continues to rise, and this should be the contingency that you're working to, and it meant that your energy bills were to be 500, 550 pounds per month, would you be able to continue to make that energy, that, that debt repayment? Now, the type of debt that you access is pivotal in this conversation. So things like overdrafts are now very, very expensive. You know, the typical APR on an overdraft is circa 39.9%, something that the banks have introduced and got away with without really much challenge from the regulator over the past three, maybe even two years now. So overdraft debt is very expensive. And one that, from a psychological point of view, if you're in, really puts it in your face that you're in a you're in a you're in a deficit, and particularly if it's coming from your current account where your money you, your salary goes into, uh, you get paid, you're in your overdraft, you see that money come off immediately. You don't get any respite. So from a mental health point of view, overdraft it's a bad place to be. Last resort. What's the other thing you could do? Credit cards. Now, credit cards, open-ended debt, depending on your credit rating, you may get a decent rate on the credit card itself, but you need to have a strategy with a credit card. Credit cards can be anywhere between, you know, 7.9% 
all the way up to 39.99, well, 30, 39.9% if you're looking at cards like Vanquish, for example. But again, they're open-ended debt, which means that for as long as you have the balance on the card, you will continue to accrue said interest, which in the long run is going to cost you more interest, essentially, right? Because it's going to cost you more money because you may only be paying off the minimum payment plus a little bit to pay off the capital. With a credit card, it's really important that you have some kind of structure, some strategy around how you're going to repay that debt. The other option that you have um, could be personal loan. Personal loan is a bit more structured. It's not open-ended. With a personal loan, you have a term to it. It could be five years, it could be six years, it could be seven years, it could be even two or three years. Obviously, the longer your term, the more cost-effective your repayment is going to be on a monthly basis, although over the long term, if you're taking out a five or six year, you know, loan, you're going to pay more interest over the long term compared to a two or three year uh, personal loan, right? So there are some nuances that you need to be aware of here. But the big benefit with a personal loan is that essentially, you know that that debt is going to be paid off over a period of time with a capital and interest repayment. So that's a positive thing with a personal loan. If you have a mortgage, you could potentially release equity to fund the difference that you're going to experience with the additional cost of the energy uh, bill that you're going to see increase come October 1st. Now, if you take it as an equity release on a mortgage, you could have access to better rates than a personal loan. It's probably going to be the cheapest from an interest point of view, monthly payment wise. But with a mortgage, if you have a 15-year term, 10-year term, 20-year term, over the long haul, you're going to be paying more interest. Now, it's important to understand which of those you would go for if you are thinking about using debt to, to cover you for this period of uncertainty when energy prices are increasing. But here are the key things to, to watch out for. Interest rates, overdrafts, really, really high. 39.9% typically is what you're going to see with most of the providers, most of the overdraft uh, providers who are banks. Credit cards, depending on your credit score, the amount that you'll that you have access to on the credit card will vary. You may or may not get enough, but that could range anywhere from you know 6.9%, again, up to 39.9%. It is open-ended. You need to have a structured plan on how you're going to repay that debt. Otherwise, you could be stuck with a credit card balance where you're paying just the minimum payment for years and years and years. And let me be cynical. That's what the banks and the credit card lenders want you to do. They want you to pay the minimum balance because that money goes towards their profits. You've never paid down the debt. You could have a look at personal loans. Now, that is more structured. It isn't open-ended. You have a term. You're probably going to access a better rate than a credit card and an overdraft or certainly better than an overdraft, depending on your credit score. But you know that you're going to be paying that debt down over the term that you basically choose. Then equity release, maybe from a mortgage, if you're lucky enough to be a homeowner and you've got enough equity to do so. But again, whilst you're accessing lower interest rates, you're probably going to be paying more interest over the long term. But again, please remember that you have to consider worst case scenarios in your planning here. Whatever repayment it comes to, whether you're using an overdraft and with an overdraft, it's important to have that plan on how you're going to repay that. Reducing an overdraft is extremely difficult to do because 
you just can't pay it down by 200, 300 pounds per month. Typically, overdrafts have to be paid off in one go. So you need to have a plan and you need to have discipline for that. With credit cards, exactly the same thing. You know, how much could you afford every single month to clear that balance within a set period of time? With a personal loan, again, what's the rate that you're accessing? What term? How much is affordable to you? Under the worst case scenario, that energy prices could be circa £6,000 at the end of 2023. If in all of this discussion, the answer is that yes, worst case scenario planning, you can afford it, your income allows you and, and, and accommodates you to do that, then yes, you can use debt to tie yourself over in this period of uncertainty. If the answer is that you've got low income and really there is really no way of you sustaining or keeping up with your debt repayments, then no, you should not be using debt. It is a spiral into, into all kinds of despair. And it's difficult for me to, to say this on the podcast, but if you're in that situation, I think it's really important to consider if there's any other ways in which you can increase your income, increase the ways of you earning more money, bringing in more money in some way, shape or form. Because the last thing you want to do is get into debt. And I know that this is this is easier said than done. And when you're faced with the prospect of energy prices increasing that you can't already afford, I know that it's really, really hard, but you have to think about how you can increase your income. Now, this is where I guess I'm going to introduce something that we've already spoken about here on the podcast before. And this is particularly relevant if you are going to be on lower income, so you are on a lower income. I'm doing a little bit of work with the charity Turn To Us. They were on the podcast about a month ago. And we spoke extensively with them about the fact that there are a lot of people who have who are eligible for a lot of benefits that they don't realize they are eligible for. And so it's really, really important just to make sure that you're not leaving any money whatsoever on the table if you are on low income or if you're in the category of middle income. So you're earning 25, maybe 35 thousand pounds a year there is a good chance that you may be eligible for some kind of benefit that you're not aware of right now and the best thing to do in this instance would be to complete the benefits calculator over on turntous.org.uk use that as your first port of call before trying to utilize debt when we spoke to um, Anna from turn to us she said that for, for families and people who actually went through their benefits calculator, the average additional income that they were able to find for some households was over £5,000 a year. So whilst it might take you 10 minutes to fill in the calculator and find that if you are, you know, eligible, entitled to any kind of benefit, it could be very, very, very beneficial indeed. So please do that before you start utilizing debt. Debt is something that, again, like I said, I have my own very, very personal journey with debt. And yes, times are really, really hard right now. But I think trying to make and take the best decision possible is so important because we have to think about what the next step is right now. And 
if I could go back in time and teach my younger self something, it would be to think about what the next step was. The truth was I was desperate. I wasn't thinking about what the next step was because the, 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 the very, very immediate step that I had just taken was in despair. I needed something. And unfortunately, those decisions were wrong. And the whole point of this podcast is to help you make the best financial decisions possible, to equip you with information to make the best decision possible. I know that this isn't the answer that a lot of people may necessarily want or the opinion that most people may necessarily want or find easy to digest, but I think it is the right conversation to have based on where we are right here. My biggest fear is that ultimately things are going to get worse from where we are right now. And this is why I'm encouraging people to think, you know, worst case scenario. In this decision, you have to think, what is the worst case scenario going to be at the end of 2023? Because at the moment, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And we do need some government, government intervention. We desperately need that. But I don't know that, that, that it's coming anytime soon. Hopefully I'm wrong. But if the help isn't there and the help isn't enough, we need to try and insulate ourselves as much as possible. I hope you found this useful. I hope you did. I know it's maybe not comforting if you are in a desperate position right now. But it's the truth that I have to share based on my own experience and my expertise having worked in the industry. If you have questions, you know where I am. I'm on Instagram. You can DM me there. I'll be doing more lives on YouTube to answer questions for people in these difficult times. Feel free to find me there. Have an amazing week this week. It's bank holiday. I hope you've enjoyed the weekend so far. But remember, you know, keep your head up, shoulders back. And try and find some positivity in times like this. It's really, really important to look after our mental health. And uh, try and find the silver lining somehow in what's going on right now. I appreciate you. Have an amazing week. Catch you later on. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.